0: And welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element OP Productions, com. And now, here are your hosts, John Mikulski and Brian Brueger.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tightwad Teacher, Episode 22, Online Project-Based Learning for December first, two 2011. This week we have Jennifer Wagner joining us, the founder of ProjectsByJen.com, and she's going to be talking about some of the projects that she hosts on her site. Um, but first, uh, I'd like to welcome my co-host Brian Bruger. Brian, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. How about yourself?
1: Good. Now this is the second week in a row I realize, because I listened back to last week's. I haven't introduced myself at all. See, I give you such a grand entrance, and I you give no
0: love back. I how should I, how should <laughs> I do that? I. Um, the Honorable uh, Mr. John Mikulski with us this, uh, <laughs> this fine day. <laughs>
1: I like it. I like it. That sounds good now. All right. Well, with uh, introductions properly done, now we can continue. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, uh, I wanted to mention to you, Brian, I don't know how much you know about this, but you know, at the end of every show, we, we each give our tip of the week. And last week, your tip was teamviewer.com. And that's actually something that I've been looking for for a long time because I think, as I mentioned on the previous show, I've flirted with using like virtual, the VNC software, but I can never get it to work outside of my network just because I'm, I'm not an IT guy. I don't know how to sure. set port forwarding and all that crazy stuff on the router. I just, I, it's above me. So, uh, <laughs> so when you gave me something that's much more at my level, I jumped on it. So I have to start today by telling you that I totally took advantage of your, uh, your tech tip last week.
0: Well, excellent. Um, that's that makes me feel good. Um, I, I actually found it kind of humorous when um, I got the tweet um, <laughs> from you that said, you know, it's changed my life, and and I'm thinking to myself, is that good or is that bad? Because either you know, one side I get to do what I want to do, or on the other side. Now I have to do what I've been trying to avoid.
1: <laughs> I don't, I'm I'm going to get myself in trouble by sharing all this stuff. You know that, but yeah, I, uh, the way I worded it to you, I believe was that it's kind of like an open window in the walled garden. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> my oh god i really hope my administrators aren't listening today um you know at school obviously you need to have a lot of safety features built in especially when it comes to filtering and that kind of stuff and um just recently my school started using a new filtering software and when they do that all the previous settings must have been dis- wiped out. So sure. the, the sites that we had whitelisted previously and yep. uh, the permissions and stuff all kind of got reset. So they're slowly fixing that. Or I shouldn't say fixing that. They're slowly putting it back to the the level sure. that it should Correct. be at. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it takes time to do that, and there's always little things that slip through the cracks. And uh, it's just so frustrating when there's that one little thing that you need to get a, uh, an image off of a site or you have to go on and find some text on a particular page or something. And it's blocked because then it turns into all the red tape of emailing and helping, you know, getting the help desk and having them put in the request because the filtering comes from offsite from a, a larger entity in the, the district. And it's exactly just, it's a lot of work and it's really no one's fault, but it's just a lot of work that goes into that. So today I actually wanted to test it out. So I set up team viewer on a computer at my house and went to school and installed the software there and it worked and I was like oh this is so great because now (laughs) I have like that go-to like if I absolutely have to get to something that I, I can't normally access at school it's there so I'm very very excited about that.
0: So basically what you're saying is you love it when a plan comes together.
1: Yes, absolutely. Now, with me saying this, of course, now now that this gets out, I'm sure that team viewer will also be blocked at my school, but (laughs) just despite me. But no, it it really is a a very, very useful tool. So um, thank you
0: for for sharing that with us. Not a problem. Uh, Speaking of plans coming together, uh, you mentioned Jen Wagner. Yeah, Think we should give her a call.
1: Yeah, this has been a long time coming. You know, we uh originally heard about Jen. We both got an email from Mark Cockrell, who I guess is our our supreme overlord of uh, <laughs> Element Opie, um, and he he recommended her. He said that she's somebody who he follows on Twitter, and he thinks that she would be a really good person for our show. And then again, Paula Nagle, a couple episodes ago, she mentioned using projects by Jen. So this is kind of like the climax, I guess. This is like the high show for us because everyone's been talking about it.
0: Exactly. Well, I say we give her a call and uh, get her on and, and and go for it.
1: Sounds good. Joining us today is Jennifer Wagner. Uh, Jen Wagner is, uh, I guess, would you say the founder of projectsbyjen.com. Jen, is that is that about right? Is that a good introduction for you?
2: Yeah, I am Projects by
1: Jen. You you are Projects by Jen. I like that. Well, uh, Jen, tell us a little bit about yourself and just to get started, what you do and and where you work.
2: Um, I am an IT help desk at Calvary Marietta in Southern California. And basically what that means is um, I assist both the church and the school with their technology needs, mostly with software and learning new ways of being creative in their classroom. And I've been there um, I'll be starting my fifth year this January, and before that, I was a technology coordinator in um, a nearby city for 14 years.
1: Oh, wow. Now, about how big is the school district that you're in right now?
2: I'm in a private school, and we have about 750 students.
1: Brian, that's about the size of your school, or you're a little bit smaller, right? Uh, you we're about a 300, um, okay.
2: K-8. We're uh, pre-K through 12.
1: Oh, okay, so about the same then, just the size-wise, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. Well, and in addition to that, there's all kinds of places that you're, in addition to your website, that you could be found. You are a Google-certified teacher, correct? And you also did something with Discovery Education?
2: I um, just recently was, um, I guess, bestowed the title of a den guru, <laughs> Oh <laughs> which Very basically nice. means um, they have different... Leaders, I guess, within the Den community, and I was recognized for the projects that I host. So if people need assistance with projects, I'm sort of like the person that they send them to.
1: Now, so is Guru like the official title?
2: Yes, it's not a title I would have placed on myself. <laughs> it's the title that they gave.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking if that was someone if someone gave me that title, I would absolutely have that on like every name tag of mine or
0: like
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. that'd be my vanity license plate or
2: something. Oh, really? I'm the opposite. I'm like, okay, I'm a I, den guru.
0: <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you, Jen. I'm thinking how on earth do I live up to the word guru? Oh,
2: I was ready to retire, but <laughs> Yeah, you're
1: you're stuck for a little bit longer now, I guess. Yes. And before we start now, for listeners who maybe don't know this, uh, ahead of time when we have guests on, we'll have them fill out a couple questions just so that we know you know where we're going with the conversation. And you have actually – I think you're the first person to ever make sure you put like in blue a little message for us, Jen. You want us to make sure to, to ask you about the guest, the Wordle. So let me just jump right into that because I know what Wordle is, but I'm not sure what, what you were referring to there.
2: About two years ago, a good friend in Australia, Jane Lowe. She might be New Zealand, but from down under.
0: <laughs> we <were> to- <laughs>
2: Wordle just first came out, we, we both thought that there would be a way more to use it than just how it was being used. So she sort of um, challenged me in a, a very nonchalant way to create a website that we would put up a Monday, Wednesday, Friday Wordle and students could come and guess what the theme of the Wordle was. And that was two, almost two and a half years ago now. And every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday now, if you go to ProjectsByJen.com slash GTW, there's a Wordle every single day for teachers to use in their classroom. And that's one thing that I'm, I'm sort of proud of that I like sharing with people because um, it can be hard and it takes a lot of time sometimes to be creative after two and a half years of coming up with new ideas for it. But it's been quite fun. And um, we have about 300 daily users, which isn't a great amount of numbers, but Um, i'm happy with it so if people want to check it out later i invite them to
1: i'm checking it out right now i'm trying to type while i (laughs) while i listen (laughs) (laughs) brian are you aware of what wordle is i mean it's kind of common knowledge for me i didn't know if that is something that you ever crossed paths with
0: absolutely we've used it in um in our classes um more or less my experience has been teaching others how to use it and then um turning them loose if you will
1: Yeah, well, and and using it productively, too, because, John, you're absolutely (laughs) right. And actually, I have to... Let me start this by saying I love my school district and I love my administrators. I mean, I think everyone has to say that, right? But for real, I, I really do. But just recently, we we got a Wordle. The, the principal decided to make one. And uh, she just did all the names of the teachers in the building and then sent that out. And I thought, oh, like that kills me because that's not how you should be using a Wordle. <laughs> like, there's so much better to do with that. So I'll have to forward her your site, Jen. <laughs> oh, that,
2: that would be fun. Yeah, we just um, did a session last week and... I told teachers, um, if you just copy paste, you're not using Wordle productive language. Exactly. You're just copy pasting. So I've had great fun with it. it. It's been a, it's been an experience. It's been fun. It allows me to be creative and I'm learning a lot. It's really silly, but like I answer questions on Jeopardy now because <laughs> of Wordle that I've created. So it's been, it's been a journey, but, um, it's
1: been fun. Sure. Well, s- speaking of journeys, um, that actually leads us really nice. We, we mentioned at the top of uh, the interview your Projects by Gen website. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how that came to be? Because there's just a wealth of information on there, and I'm kind of curious how that started.
2: Um in nineteen ninety nine I attended a session in Long Beach at the Classroom Connect conference and someone was talking about David Warlick's global grocery list project. And I just thought, well, this is this is too much um, because he had something like twenty-eight different items. So on the way home from the conference, I narrowed it down to, well, what's one item that I could ask a question about and get a variety of responses? And it was the Oreo cookie. So I sent out an email to a group I belonged to a news group and got 125 responses and went, wow, you know, this is interesting. And basically what I've been trying to do is show my students how to collect data on the internet. That was the whole reason I was doing this. So the next year I hosted the project again and basically we're just asking how kids ate Oreo cookies and I doubled my responses. And so this year we were in our 13th or 14th year of doing the same project and we had over a thousand schools involved so it's it's become a very fun project and um after i started doing the oreo project which really is the o.r.e.o project which is a whole nother story (laughs) um, (laughs) that we won't go into today um then I started branching out to different things. Like for instance, um, I was interested in Lewis and Clark. So I did a project called shoeless and bark that beanie babies traveled a dog and a cat. And they taught students about Lewis and Clark. So I evolved from, from one project into now I host it a year and I didn't even really do it on purpose. And I, I absolutely make no money from it except people, you know, donate and I do have a newsletter and, and, um, I don't know why, but I enjoy doing this and teachers seem to be enjoying it very much. So when I come home at night, sometimes I just sit down and I think of a new project and go for it and post it. And luckily enough, teachers like it. So we have, for instance, there's a holiday card exchange project that I'm hosting right now and we'll have 26,000 kids involved in it, you know, so, and that, That's not a huge number, but it's still like, you know, I'm making different classrooms. And maybe it's because I don't have a classroom anymore. So now the Internet's my classroom. I don't know. But it's fun because the websites become my bulletin boards and the teachers become my students. And so um, that's pretty much I started by someone else's idea that just seemed too big for me. And I narrowed it down and now (laughs) now I've made it even more (laughs) than it was in the first place.
0: Now, having worked, worked closely with teachers on these pro- projects and many others, you offer that unique perspective of online learning. So what advantages do you see compared to doing some of these same projects in a closed or traditional class method?
2: Well, for an example, just recently, the O.R.E.O the e. project, one of my friends is in Um, A lot of my project participants are now friends. So if I say my friend, you have to understand, I am also Mm -hmm. meaning participant. She's in Alpharetta, Georgia, in the Fulton County School District. And while her kids were stacking Oreo cookies, they were Skyping with another classroom, video Skyping with another classroom that was stacking Oreos at the exact same time. In a whole nother location. That doesn't happen in the traditional, I sit at my desk and I open my book. You know, they were able to ask questions back and forth. They started having little competitions. Um, with the Holiday Card Exchange Project, teachers and students are writing about their schools and writing about temperatures at their school and things that happen in their classroom. So they're sharing data. They're sharing actual data. They're sharing information that, that doesn't happen when you just open a book and you say, oh, you know, Denver's the capital, you know, I'm going to get in trouble. So I better say Sacramento. <laughs> 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 California. You know, there's, for instance, the pumpkin seed project. Basically, students open up a pumpkin and they count how many seeds are in a pumpkin. That's it at the most primitive level. And a teacher could do that in their classroom and, and it, have it be very effective because it teaches math and averaging and it teaches estimation and so much more. But then when they take it to an online project and they're comparing their data with classes all over the North America, all over North America and then possibly the world, it just becomes bigger. And I think that's what online projects offer is the fact that your classroom becomes as large as you want it to. And you're not just looking at a picture in a book. You're interacting with people all over the place. And that didn't happen when we were well, I don't know how old you guys were, but, you know, when, when I was young, that didn't happen. Everything happened within our classroom, except maybe a field trip. But, you know, we didn't really interact that much. And the availability now of online interaction. And then it rolls over because some of my participants and some of my classrooms have actually met now and they do things. So, so it's just been fun to watch it ripple out.
1: One of our previous guests, Paul Ogle, just raved about your site and the Oreo project in particular. She mentioned doing, and she did take it that one step further because she did it with another group of students through Skype. So they actually watched each other doing uh, the the project. So it added that extra dimension. But I got to stop there for a second, Jen. So uh, you really had me intrigued. So I, I was trying to search <laughs> through your site real fast, and I did I did find what the Oreo project <laughs> stood for. So. Because um, I'm sure everyone's wondering. Because you like mentioned that you like hinted at that. You were very good about that. Like you snuck it in there. Like oh, it stands for something, but I'm not going to say what. But I I found it.
2: I just I just cannot call it the Oreo project. I, I just <laughs> I cannot based well, on some legalities that go with the name Oreo. So I have to call uh, it so- the O dot R dot E dot o project which are really exciting online project
1: Our really exciting <laughs> online project and it's actually it's really just a coincidence that the acronym happens to spell the name it was of the deliberately
2: done
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's fitting because we're calling this episode the online project based learning so there's a, an example of a really exciting online project that you can
2: <laughs> well if you get a letter that tells you you can't use a certain word it doesn't say you can't use that word if you know if you're creative with it so
1: well, and that's what teaching's all about—is yes. being creative, right?
0: And permanently <laughs> borrowing those right. things that you like, and so you <laughs> permanently borrow the cookie. Yep.
2: I, well, yeah, and you know what? It works. It, it's funny, but it for what for what this project does it is the the best manipulative
1: you've mentioned uh, <laughs> i love it uh, you've mentioned that uh, you know a bunch of different different projects that you you have available on your site and again paula one of our previous guests mentioned a whole bunch too that were her favorites so i guess i want to turn that same question to you what are some of your favorite projects that you have on your your website that you just look forward to having other teachers oh, participate of mine. in
2: There's two that, um, there were two that were memorable. The Shoeless Embark project, which I'm really thinking about reviving, um, Basically, what happened was two Beanie Babies traveled in a box from school to school each month, and students each day did a different thing. One day, they learned about the corpse of discovery. Another day, they learned about the Indians. Another day, they learned about um, flora and fauna. The next day, I mean, every day had a goal. One day, they learned about mapping, and it taught them about Lewis and Clark. I think that project was very special to me because I learned so much about Lewis and Clark because I was having to put this project together. That one was one that was like, oh, my gosh, I was so pleased with that project. Um, and another one that was near and dear to me was the D.C. Ducks. And I don't know if you remember or not, but I think it was in 2003. A mother duck had laid her eggs in front of the Treasury Department in Washington, D.C. And honestly, I was walking from my front room to my kitchen. And by the time I heard the announcement to when I got the kitchen, I had the project Okay, we have to do this. And so for 13 days, we Mm -hmm. followed this duck as she was hatching her eggs. And it was before RSS. It was before all that stuff. So I was manually having to find information. And we got someone at the Treasury Department that was helping us. And then we got a student who was local to Washington, D.C. that went and ended up being our roving roving reporter. And that was just a project that was like, you know, it was a a once-in-a-lifetime. I was so glad that I was in the right place at the right time kind of project. But if I can talk about two projects that I need people to check out that aren't mine is the monster exchange sure. project. If you're an elementary teacher, you need to do the monster exchange project. And in a nutshell, your students draw a monster and then they have to describe the monster in written form or they could do it in, ver- I guess they could do it in audio and then they trade them with another school and a student has to take that data either reading it or listening to it and create the monster based on the information they've been given. And then you compare the two pictures to see how alike they are and how different they are. And that teaches so many skills in the classroom. And I think it's a very powerful project. And you could do it just within your classroom or the classroom next door, but the monster exchange project is a keeper. And then for older students, I don't know if you know you and Macintosh, but he is, Involved now in something called World 11 Kids. And, um, I'm trying to think of what the website is real quick and I will hopefully. But if you, the, the hashtag is hashtag World 11 Kids. The tagline is solving old problems with new solutions. And it's students doing things more than just like stacking Oreos. I mean, one of the schools is designing shoes for students that live in Kenya to walk to school when it's muddy. I mean, they are making real projects, real life changing events. Um, how I met Paula, I believe, was when Katrina hit Louisiana. And that's, that was Mm -hmm. one of my, I've only done three service projects. UN's World 11 Kids, every student's involved in a service project. And those are the powerful projects, I think. My kids who are participating in stacking Oreos and counting pumpkins are learning Educational tools. The thing that Ewan's involved in is students are learning and and creating life experiences, life changing experiences, which um, I I just have to admire.
1: I was googling. I think I found it. I think the the site you were talking about is World2011.us, it. Yeah, it. and it has Thank a whole bunch. It got some great things on here and you're right it's like these real world actual problems where where kids can get involved in that and that that's really what makes that that perfect learning experience you know you talked about um watching the the ducks hatch it, it isn't that terrible because those are like the best kinds of lessons and the best opportunities you know you learn in teacher school about um the teachable moment and those are what they're talking about but then they go away and it's so hard to like Duplicate that. That's like the worst part about it. It's almost like bittersweet. Well, it was really funny
2: because I happened to be at Washington. I was in Washington D.C. the day that Sandra Day O'Connor, O'Connell, O'Connor stepped down from being um, on the Supreme Court, and we're standing in front of the White House and they're making the announcement. And I really admire her, but I'm going to the Secret Service because there's a Secret Service man standing next to me. I go, "Where did the duck lay her eggs? (laughs) I need to see where the (laughs) duck lay her eggs." Yeah. I have a really important question. And the guy about was a duck. just looking at me, and he goes, "I'll take you there as soon as the announcement's done." And I'm like, "Okay." And,
0: and then I, he went home and told his family about this crazy lady.
1: I to see. He probably thought, "If I have to get that duck question one more time, I
2: don't know." But it was so. I went over and took my picture where the duck had laid her eggs. But it was yeah. Those those are the Love once it. in a lifetime kind of memories that you know are, are precious.
0: A lot of these projects are perfect for, you know, say my school. So I can say this selfishly or maybe even John, because he's in a middle school area because they tend to target, you know, grades K through six. Do you think that these kinds of projects um, could be modified for the upper level for those teachers who are, you know, in the, the high school range?
2: I do, but it it was, it's going to take some creativity on the teachers when when you get to the upper grades, there's, there's a, well, the time constraint's going to be a big thing in the classroom because they may not have the availability of being able to work with a whole day open to, mm-hmm. you know, do a project. Um, I think all these projects, well, you know, counting pumpkin seeds might be a little bit silly. But, and, but a science teacher could take that to higher levels, um, based on what they do. I tend to stop at sixth grade only because, um, that's my comfort level. Mm -hmm. I taught seventh grade for one year in Hawaii and left. (laughs) (laughs) You know how much I enjoyed middle school. (laughs) Um, so, um, I think they could be, I think some more than others, um, it takes a um there's more critical thing and I, I don't know how to say it right i think it would take a teacher more to meld it to work in within their classroom and mm-hmm. there's a lot more individual needs that would happen with the higher grade levels where my project i throw out like with every project there's like 10 to 12 different expansion ideas mm-hmm. um I don't know if I could do that in a high school, junior high as easily um, because there's so many different options that could happen, you know, that, oh, I only have 60 minutes with my kids, you know, I only see them every other day, you know, so anyway, but if the teacher would like to um, expand them, I'm perfectly fine with that.
0: As a former high school teacher, and I did do science, and so I actually see these projects as another form of, you know, the air quote labs that we did yeah. in, in science. And a lot of those labs were more than a one class period, whether you had block scheduling or standard scheduling or whatever, they are more than a one class classroom um, project or, yeah. and so they carried over because you wanted to get into that higher order thinking yeah. and that processing. So, You know, as without, you know, delving into each, you know, project and how could you adapt this project? I think that doing the project, you know, may be a one or two class period event, but then the processing and the analysis of the project is, you know, maybe the determining difference between a high school project and a elementary level project.
2: I'm bringing back a project this year that's called the egg roll projects that people just absolutely adore. And basically it's rolling eggs for distance, but teachers started like, well, can we create ramps? Can we roll the eggs down a ramp to, so, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that would become a, well, you know, because this ramp was this many degrees, it caused this reaction. And, and I could see that project easily being adapted. And also for the high school, junior high um, students to take the data that I collect and evaluate it and say, oh, well, this was the outcome because of this. Um, I don't know if I'm just rambling right now, but you know, I mean? there you could take it farther to see why this cause had that effect
1: when you start adding ramps and now you're talking about measuring things like velocity and that is a high school concept. So yeah, you can absolutely uh, up that a little bit, but <laughs> now hold on a second. I just have to go back for a minute, Jen. And, and, and I guess commiserate with you because you, you very quickly mentioned in there that you, you only taught in middle <laughs> school oh, for here one year and then you, you decided that wasn't for you. And, no, I'm just I'm just saying I'm I'm a middle school teacher and I'm very happy to be a middle school teacher. But I know exactly what you mean, because most times when I first meet somebody and we're talking and I tell them what I do and I say I'm a teacher and they say, <laughs> oh, what grade? And I tell them seventh and eighth grade and they they look at me like I like I have a disease <laughs> and they go, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I I totally understand. However, with that said, You being like the IT help desk, that can't be any better than middle school. I
2: was in the preschool world for 14 (laughs) years and I can handle the crying and the, you know, the, 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 all the stuff that comes with the little ones, the runny noses and the accidents and stuff. I just couldn't handle hormones. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't handle the girl who left at lunchtime, <laughs> and, there's and plenty of those in middle great. school. and she came back after lunchtime, and the whole world had fallen apart. I, I just didn't handle, I don't know, maybe I'm stuck at 13, <laughs> I don't know, but um, yes, and it's true, every day at my school, you never know what's going to happen, you pick up the phone, and today I was making Google Forms all day long for an administrator that were sending a survey out, and you know, so every day is different, which is fun. And, and some days you have to just put on your happy face and smile and, and other days you're just like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. So
1: I, one year I got kind of suckered into being like the help, the, the tech help in my building and uh it just i, I couldn't do it i just couldn't do it there one one woman called me one of the teachers actually one of my friends called me up and said i can't get on our website and i said well what are you doing so i'm i'm entering the the address and i hit enter and it turns blue but nothing happens and i went over and she was trying to open it in microsoft word it wasn't even a browser so
2: <laughs> the, you know what i just think sometime that we should all get together and take our five best stories and make a book <laughs> Oh, it'd be a bestseller for sure. Oh, because there are some stories that I'm just like, if I hadn't seen it for myself, oh my gosh, I wouldn't believe that I just experienced that.
0: Do we have to limit ourselves to five stories?
2: (laughs) Well, I think if we all shared five (laughs) stories, I'd probably fill the book up really fast. Oh my
0: goodness. (laughs) Well, I actually want to, I've got, you know, two things here. Number one is I was thinking... You know, as John's talking about his his sad story about how people react to him. You know, when he te- when he says yes. that he's a middle school teacher, and I always got the same thing when I told when people asked me what I taught, and I said physics, they would just turn and walk away as if I couldn't like communicate with common man or something. <laughs> so I I instead I, I left that job and one upped it by going into IT, you yeah. know, in education full time. So. You know, I on the other hand, I can handle the hormones, yeah. but the little kids I'll make cry in the drop of a hat. So, <laughs> yeah. But I, I was I was curious when I saw your you know official job description after looking at your website and learning about you through that. How does your your if you will day job relate to and is there any connection between that and the Projects by Jen website and and how that kind of all is got going.
2: True? It's a journey. My campus is, um, on a journey of learning to become a 21st century school. If I can be so odio do about that, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. there before I was there, they had a very, very tight network and I basically have come and said, break it. We can fix it instead of we'll
0: mm-hmm. protect
2: it. So it won't get broken. Um, I've been there for coming up I think it's either my 4th or my 5th. I'm I'm trying to I have too many anniversaries coming up right now and I'm trying <laughs> to remember which is which and um this coming February is the first time any of the teachers have willingly come to me and said that they want to be in a project. Um so that's exciting. Um we're mm-hmm. baby stepping. I'm an, I'm very much I think that's one thing you'll see that echoes in my in both my pri- my my school life and my project life is that I'm very much a baby stepper to get you to the next step. I'm going to encourage you and accept you where you are, but I'm going to constantly be encouraging you to step farther. Like for instance, um, the holiday card exchange project right now, all the cards are coming everyone is sending a card to my campus. So I am forcing my elementary computer lab teacher to participate in this and start using Google Earth. And I'm encouraging her, but I basically said, you're going to be a part of this, and I'll get with you on it. And so she's she's learning a lot, and this is her second year of doing it. But the teachers who came to me and said, we want to join your project in February – that was like, oh, my gosh, they're finally getting it. You know, they're seeing. I don't know if that's, if again, if I'm rambling, but that meant a lot to me because they're like, oh, okay, we're ready to step out of our classroom. We're mm-hmm. ready maybe to experience something new. And we have all these options. We're going to go with you. Sure. Because they could do other projects as well. So I felt pleased with that.
0: I'm dealing with that same thing with our, our teachers where we had um, just this year. One of our, as she would describe herself, least experienced teachers, um, in the area of technology is now starting to lead projects or come up with ideas. How do you find in your school? How do you find that transition? Is it, is there a way to kind of get them from that step one into the first, second or third baby step?
2: Well, one thing I need to clarify first is I am not their tech coordinator, because if I was their tech coordinator, which they don't have one right now, things I I would not be as passive as I am. I have to say that for sure. We have one teacher that when I first came to work there, she basically told me the Internet was from Satan. And she didn't (laughs) want to go on it. And I'm at a very, I'm at a conservative Christian school. So, you know, you're like, okay, she's sort of kidding, but she's sort of not kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And and this year she got a projector in her classroom and every day I see her, I use my projector today. I'm so excited. And she got Skype and she, you know, this was a teacher that it took me three years of not, you know, banging her on the head and saying we're in 2010 now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, 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 that's, if, if, if I was their tech coordinator, I would be in the administrator's room going, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this. But that's not my role, and I wasn't hired to do that. And, in fact, the computer teacher um, in elementary, she has her master's in curriculum, and I'm telling them she needs to be the tech coordinator because she understands the um, the curriculum part of it. She, I, I think the two of us would be a mighty force to be reckoned with, and I think they might be in trouble if that happens, but <laughs> it, it is like you have to meet them where they are. And one of the first things I did, and this is well known, so I can say this, is when I first came to work at my job, they told me that I could spend a thousand dollars without having to ask permission. So I did it seven times and bought projectors <laughs> and and classrooms got projectors. So nice. the next year they came back and said, okay, <laughs> you don't have that lecture anymore. Well, this year, every single classroom on our secondary campus and hopefully by the end of the year on our elementary campus, um, everyone will have projectors. And I know that there's so many things that teachers could have, but a projector to me is one of the ways to open up their classroom to... Sure. The internet. It just so much is. And we have a couple of interactive whiteboards, but there never was any training on them. So really right now they're just, you know, fun toys for the the teachers. And I'm a constant pushback. I'm I'm the one like, well, why are we doing this? Why are you know? But you have to also understand that I, I'm very much the one who will always be saying back to the ed tech people though too as as well, why? You know. I think sometimes we forget that some of the things we did 10, 20 years ago still work. And just because they don't have tech in them means that they should be disposed of. So I'm very comfortable meeting teachers where they are and then just encouraging them as much as they'll let me push them. Absolutely. And luckily, my campus lets me do that. And sometimes they tell me to back up and then I remember that I'm not their tech coordinator and I... Sit down at my desk and
0: life goes yeah, on. Work on some Google Forms. <laughs> and come up with projects on your side. Well,
2: my, my administrator follows me on Twitter now. And we have developed a really good conversation. And we even talk work on Twitter now. So I think that's a big step. You know, that, that I'm showing um, him the powers of Twitter, but we're also showing a really good, uh, working relationship on Twitter too. So it's, it's baby steps. I,
1: I'm glad you brought that up because this is actually one of my favorite questions to ask guests because right now I'm, I'm kind of living it myself. Do you have a hard time with your work life? And then I guess your, your private life with your website and everything you do when those two things start to collide, is that strange for you?
2: It's very hard. When my, when my administrator trying to decide how much i want to say because i I, I will say it (laughs) right now right there one of my bosses i have a few wants to be my friend on facebook and i'm like no it's not that i have anything i want to hide but no yeah um i i i I just don't i just and you know what the funny thing is on facebook you never know i'm there because i've even hidden that i'm online when i'm online but it's just Mm -hmm. like wait a minute um I don't have to open that door to you. And, and it's really weird because I really am socially media inept. I I really am. Sometimes I, I don't like crowds. And, and so Facebook, which is like the social media empire, I'm invisible. And it just makes me laugh. So sometimes when, when my boss, another boss first started me following me on Twitter, I was like, wait a minute, you know, um, I had a hard time and sometimes I struggle with it. And it's funny because Jennifer is Jennifer in whichever world it's not like I'm a harlot in one world and a, you know, a good <laughs> teacher right. in the other, but I it was weird. And when my a junior high administrator who we're on Twitter together first started following me, I was like, uh, well, he's going to see that um uh, not all my friends are, you know, Perfect, <laughs> you know? right? right. I know. And and it, I don't know if that's making sense. Yeah, but it was, it was weird for a while, and it is sometimes. But and I have to say too, my church has allowed my ideas to flourish. It's like we use stream now; they're all on Twitter. They have a Facebook account. We, my pastor is podcasting. He's blogging. I mean, they're just like, give us more. We want to know more. So that I am their tech coordinator, which is fun to see, but even them when when they started blogging, was like, "Wait a minute, how can you be blogging you're you're not <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> it was hard you know and when my junior high administrator found Tumblr, he's like, "Oh, Tumblr is just great, you know blah 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 you know and and then they'll start saying, "Well, why didn't you tell me about this?" and I have to bite my tongue and like well, I did but you didn't care at the time, you know? Right. Uh, but some things, too, they're like, they pass you. And that's humbling, too, because then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm sort of supposed to be their tech leader. <laughs> they're, they're teaching me. And, sure so yeah there are a lot of collisions <laughs> now, I
1: know exactly what you mean just the other day I was actually in a faculty meeting so the whole faculty was there and some of my administrators are just starting to kind of get wind of, of some of the stuff I do outside of school so this podcast and I have a blog and a couple you know my twitter and a couple other things someone mentioned something about googling somebody and one of the teachers said oh google john he's got a big footprint online <laughs> and I thought oh man so now
0: I'm I'm real curious there's probably has no significance to anybody else. But have you ever had somebody come to you in your help desk position and say, I was getting this project from this Projects by Gen website oh,
2: and I not have, know <laughs> the difference? I have, a, I have a better one than that. Um, yeah. um, I recently returned to school um, to continue my education and I was in a class and we got to week three. And the um, the teacher said, okay, this week you're going to be involved in an online project. I want you to research five of these projects and come back and let me know which one you think. Um, it, it tell me the pros and cons. And she lists the ten projects, and projects by Jen is number three. <laughs> so afterwards, I went up to her and I said, if, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm projects by Jen. Can I be excused from this? You know? <laughs> it's, it's like, No you need to go do it just like everybody else. And I was just like, but I'm projects by Jen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go and n- nothing was ever said, Oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And and that was, that was interesting to me. Um, I don't know who this, you know, the, i passed that class and life has gone on, but yeah, that was, that was an interesting one. I, I, um, only had that happen really once.
1: Nice. Yeah. So you you got to involve yourself in your own yes. site. Yes,
2: and you know what? I nice. did not review my own projects, oh, which I, I was going to say. Shouldn't. Were you critical?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and that's actually that's a great segue into my my final question for you today, Jen. So that's how you got involved in your your own site. How can teachers get involved in projects by Jen? Tell us a little bit of, of the ways they can connect through there.
2: I'm, I'm going to give it to you in a how I would. Encourage teachers. The basic is just go to projectsbygen.com and look for the projects link. And there you'll see all the projects for this year. And if you look at the bottom of each project, it tells you the registration date and you can mark it on your calendar and then come back and join us. That's it at its most primitive level. If you want to take it a step farther on the left hand side of that same page is a link to the mailing list. And by joining the mailing list, you then get a reminder when a project Begins. But there's some teachers that want to take it a bit farther. Maybe they want to collaborate with other teachers via Skype or email or whatever. And on that same page, the um, project page on the left hand side, I have two communities. I have my um, Ning, um, which is projectsbygen.ning.com, and we have our Edmodo, I'm sorry, we have our Facebook link. And this way you can talk with teachers even more and expand it um, via conversation or you can direct message people. And then um, I just started a site with Edmodo because I'm not sure if I'm going to be staying with Ning or not. Um, They've started charging and since I keep my own way, I'm not sure if I'm staying with them. So the basic level is just go to the project page. But then if you go to the bottom left, you'll see the links to expand it. And some teachers... We'll never communicate with anyone. They'll just do the project within their classroom, and poof, they're done. But um, if you want to expand it even more, you have those opportunities.
1: And we'll definitely have links to those uh, in the show notes for this show as well. But you said everything can be found right on the Projects by Jen website.
2: If you go to projectsbyjen.com slash calendar.htm, that will get you to everything.
1: Well, before we wrap up, is there anything that you wanted to mention that, that we forgot to ask you?
2: No, but this was so much fun. I'm sorry that it's over. It was fun talking with <laughs> yeah, you. Well,
1: but... And we'll definitely have to have you on uh, again, especially as we keep track of the site and, and new things get added into it.
2: There is a project coming up in um, January, February that I've never done before that it might be a colossal failure or it might just be one of those, oh, my gosh, projects called Picture It. So, um In a nutshell, we're going to take um, a picture and divide it up into 25 pieces and each classroom that's involved will draw one piece of the picture and then send it out to 25 other schools that are participating to bring up, uh, I'm saying it wrong, basically your picture is going to be one piece of a puzzle that 25 other schools will be involved in as well and we'll see if it works and I think it could be fun. But that's a project coming up. And then we're also doing the St. Patrick's Day project, which is um, Lucky Charms and the Great Egg Roll, if you want to have fun with us. And then a brand new project, again, in late spring called Parking Space that has to do with national parks. Because Jennifer has to learn about national parks. <laughs> so <laughs> what better way than to invite other people along on the journey? And the funny thing is, on my campus, are Elementary vice principal and her husband traveled to almost every national park, so they're going to be my Skype experts. So, see, I drag my campus in whether or not they yeah. <laughs> they want to be involved. No, you're
1: saying it all wrong. In, in education, no one gets dragged anywhere; they get volunteered for it. It's totally <laughs> different. <laughs>
2: Well, other duties was, as a uh, sign? Yes. <laughs> I will ask them what they yes. <laughs> want But but they were like, I said, would well, you want to Skype with us? And they're like, okay, what does that mean? I go, great. Yes.
0: <laughs> You're
2: signed
1: up. You're in. Well, excellent. All great uh, projects coming up. And again, that's perfect for, you said like kindergarten through sixth grade or so. So if any of those sounded interesting to anybody, uh, take a look on on Jen's website.
2: This was so much fun, guys. I'm glad you invited me. Thank
1: you. Jennifer, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank okay. you. Again, that was Jennifer Wagner, ProjectsByJen.com, and she's just our little minor celebrity because everyone, all of our previous guests have been talking about her and all the, the cool uh, projects she has.
0: Yeah, it makes me want to think, you know, we were talking about how we were having a good time and, you know, almost seems like we want to go too long but um, it would be fun to get a lot of these guests like Jen and, and Paula and everything and almost do a, a round table type thing or get them connected with the teachers in our schools Oh and yeah! just have like a, you know, a one hour brainstorming session would be pretty incredible.
1: Something to think about for, for later on, I suppose.
0: Absolutely. Well, speaking of brains, I'm going to jump right into my tech tip of the week. Um, as time goes on, in the in our computer world, we have to remember more and more things. <laughs> and I was,
1: I, I was wondering how you're going to tie this into the whole
0: brain thing when you said yeah. speaking
1: of brains, I'm like, where is he going? Okay, <laughs> I, I got just The lack of brains you're talking yes. about. Well, got
0: yes, it. in in my case, it is because as tech <laughs> is added in my life, it seems like my brain functions less and less. And one of the things that happens in our schools, you know, we have passwords for this and passwords for that. And the teachers are always wanting to make their password, you know, one, two, three, four or something like that. So today's tech tip is a piece of software that is free. Now, there is a paid version if you would like to pay for it, but it's free. It is called LastPass, um, as in the last password that you will ever need. And what it is, is it's a tool that will allow you to, um, you can install it on, you know, multiple machines, and it will store your passwords for you, so that all you need to remember is the one master password, and then you can log in and get all the other information. Now, maybe your school won't allow you to install it on the computer and things like that, so that's a possibility, but if you go to LastPass.com and log in, you can still access all your information. So... At any point in time, you know, saved by website and this and that, you have a highly secured – it's actually the only password tool that I will recommend because of the security and everything involved with it. Um, So hopefully that will help other teachers out there who are trying to remember, you know, just this side of a couple thousand different passwords that are all, you know, really good passwords.
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, and, and now we have the problem where in addition to having a, a bunch of different passwords, they all have that security feature where every three months or two months or whatever it is that we have to then change them on top of that. so And you can't reuse an old one, so as time goes on, my passwords are getting more and more obscure
0: because I don't know what else to use anymore, so something like this would be perfect for that. Absolutely, and it will actually generate the passwords for you if you would like it to, but um, perhaps on a a future podcast, um, we can talk about security, and then we can let our teachers pass this on to their IT departments, because I would like to debunk the myth of the change password every three months but that'll be another topic for another time yeah you sound <laughs> I have
1: a feeling you're, you're pretty vehement on, on that coming from your end but absolutely yeah and, and I have to admit and actually a security podcast wouldn't be a bad idea because I have to admit that I'm actually pretty terrible about that like I would say 90% of my stuff is all the same password and at this point like my family knows it my, my relatives know <laughs> it so there'll be times when I call like my brother who's uh, you know, an hour and a half away in college and I'll say check my email for me and he'll go the usual say, yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe I should maybe I should fix that. Sure. sure. Well, my uh, my teacher tip of the week is actually something that I don't think it's very new. Uh, it's it's been around for a long time and there's actually a lot of sites that are very similar, but I used it just last week in my own classroom, so I can vouch for its success, I guess. Um the website is called stripgenerator.com and uh despite what you might think by the slightly racy name, it's uh it's totally PG and it's okay. Uh it creates comic strips instead of maybe what you might be thinking, um, <laughs> But basically, it's a comic strip generator. And like I said, there's a bunch of websites out there that do that. The nice thing about Strip Generator is that it's very, very straightforward. And and lots of times in teaching, we, we talk about how sometimes having a lot of options is actually a bad thing because get, kids get so caught up in changing colors and adding extra little details and everything else, they've missed the point of the assignment. And Strip Generator makes that a non-issue because it's very, very straightforward. You don't need an account to create a, a comic strip, but you can choose multiple frames and and layouts and that kind of thing. And then the graphics that come with it are fairly simple, black and white. Uh, I would say a few steps up from like stick figures. But it is a great way to have kids represent something that you're doing, a a concept or a book or whatever the case is that your lesson is, is about have them represent that in comic strip form Uh, very quick for them to do is just drag and drop and they can add text and they can publish it and save it as a a JPEG file. So then you can then print it off or email it or whatever the case. So um, yeah, real quick and easy. I, again, I used it with my eighth graders last week and it literally took 30 seconds for me to show them what to do. So
0: there was almost no learning curve at all. So again, that's StripGenerator.com. Well The first thing I thought of when I, when you said that was what a great way to, distribute a writing prompt to the students to show it up on the project, you know, the projector and, you know, start the, the comic strip and then just leave it there and say, go.
1: Yeah. I used it. We're reading a book right now and there's multiple characters that tell the story. It's from different perspectives. So like each page is a different person sharing something that happened in this book. So there's a lot of different conflicts in it. And conflict is one of the big things that we've been focusing on. I had them make, a comic strip that just represented some kind of conflict that a character was experiencing in the book. It had to represent, you know, man versus man or man versus society or or all the ones that we studied. And it was very, very straightforward. And it was a much more creative way to reinforce the concept of conflict than a typical like writing assignment or a typical, you know, quiz or something. Sure. So,
0: well, um, I would have to say that it's probably about time for, uh, for us to go, and um, perhaps somebody might want to contact us, you think? Yeah, tell them how they can do that, Brian. Um, excellent. There are a few ways to contact us. Of course, you can do so through the website, which is at elementop.com. The one and only tool that we talk about, it seems like, in every podcast is Twitter. And you can find us um, a couple ways there. One is tightwadteacher. Or you can contact either John or myself directly, and John's Twitter handle is John Mikulski, that's J-O-H-N-M-I-K-U-L-S-K-I. Or you can contact me directly via Twitter, and that's at Brugger, B-R-U-G-G-E-R. Also can contact us on Facebook. Uh, right now it's Facebook.com slash Opie, But you can also do a search for the Tightwad Teacher podcast on Facebook and like our page and soon enough, we will have a uh, vanity URL for you. Um, also, you can contact us via phone. And, uh, John, I don't have the phone number up in front of me because I'm just that kind of a nerd. Uh, what would be the phone number for us? You don't have it memorized? No, I do not. Oh, well,
1: if you're like Brian and you don't have it memorized, you can contact us by phone at 559
0: Opie. Well, excellent. Um, I think this is a fantastic podcast. I'm excited about uh, directing it to... Or my teachers, you know, to it um, for the great things that Jen had to say. I'm prepared to uh, to sign off. How about you? Yeah, I think that's
1: about all all the damage we can do in one episode. (laughs) So I guess for now, it is uh, my pleasure to say uh, this is John and I am signing off, and this is
0: Brian signing off.